on the Spencer's of the Pez. Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. <laughs> Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Here is your host, a man who loves his spicy chicken, Derek McCoy. That is true, although earlier this evening I shared some carne asada with with Rick Schneider, And you wished it was spicy chicken the whole time. Nope. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. This is the Fanboy Planet podcast, and it is Wednesday, August 8th, isn't it? Uh, that has a special importance for you. I think the rest of us just that. I don't know, for, for everybody else, it was fine for me. It was a uh, day uh, back to work after a long vacation. And uh, so we are podcasting from the undisclosed location known as The Brett Cave. But the second week in a row, because it's nice and comfortable, we're sitting at a dining room table. We feel civilized. I have a coffee. It's a gourmet. Nate has a soda. I I have a mouthful of spicy chicken. He has a mouthful of spicy chicken. And so (laughs) I'm going to let him introduce himself uh, to my right across tonight's uh, longtime commentator and occasional guest announcer, Nate Costa. There we go. And across from me, whose cave this is. Podcast producer and moral compass, Rick Brett Snyder. That's right. Remember that moral compacity. Compassion? Huh? Compassiveness? Of course. Okay. Compassive aggressiveness? Compassiveness. Mm-hmm. Moral compassive aggressive. Uh, Rick Brett Snyder. And so we've got some comics news. We've got some movie news. Some television news. I think uh, we're probably going to we're, we're gonna go with fewer topics than we usually do, I think, tonight. Because... At least in each category, there's at least one thing that's going to spark a much larger conversation. I can already sense it. So We'll have some interesting debate, perhaps one-sided. I, I think so. Yeah. Because we, we don't have uh, have Lon Lopez here tonight. For those who have written in, and that's none of you, but, but it's only because last week, I mean, last week's podcast only went up like what, Sunday or Monday? It went up Monday. Yeah. So people have not had a chance to you know go on this one week. It's only uh, been three days since. Yeah. the Lon is on vacation. He, he is, is not. Uh, he is not, not in prison. No. We did those rumors. Granted, we have not told him where the Brett Cave is. <laughs> he is wandering around outside somewhere. Please do not tell him. But seriously, no. He's just having. It's okay to feed him. Uh, you know, it's summer. Everybody should be allowed to take some time off and, and recharge the batteries. And uh, I think at Lon is he'll be back soon. So um, anyway. Uh, let's get to some stuff. We did not really get any email this week, any responses from last week. I do want to say up front, however, that, uh, be, otherwise I'll forget, that starting on August 13th, we're going to have a four-day giveaway, a prize package from the producers of Paranorman. So wow. we're going to have, oh uh, including a $25 Visa gift card for a night out at the movies. Ooh. You know, we should blow this out a little bit more because I've got swag from Comic-Con to give away, too. Okay. Well, that's a different thing. And, and, and the Paranorman contest will be just on the website, www. Okay. .fanboyplanet.com, as well as, I'm still trying to confirm this, uh, we will have two copies of the Blu-ray of Season 1 of Grimm to mm. give away, which is coming back next week. So there'll be two contests run simultaneously, okay. if you will. Uh, so We could have a contest to have people write in and tell us what kind of contest we should have. Oh, and then they could have some and of your comic contest. Yeah. Huh? It's a special contest. 
suggestor parse. Named after them. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, all right. So, so uh, if you parse that, go ahead and write in. Right. If you understood what – if you follow the train of thought of, of Rick and Nate, well – Okay. I apologize. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, I'm very sorry for that, but that's okay. Let's move on. Let's talk about some comic stuff, shall we? Um, and that is, uh, Nate brought to my attention that uh, what I think is one of the potentially most ironic lawsuits in the history of comic book creation uh, is uh, been brought back to life after having been settled, I thought, and Nate, you said you thought as well, I'm allowing him to chew his spicy chicken and swallow, uh, that The Walking Dead is the subject of a of a huge lawsuit between alleged – I'm not sure how to come down because I really am not sure what is going to be the ultimate intent of this as far as – so the alleged co-creator. And by saying alleged, I am not casting aspersions upon the claim. Everyone's really tiptoeing around on this one. Well, because you have to. I mean, you know, you talk about the like the fights that are going on between still the estate of Jack Kirby yes. and the very quietly angry Steve Ditko. And towards it Lawson with – the ghostwriter? Uh, Gary Friedrich. Friedrich. Gary Friedrich, in fact, did re- revive and ask for a, an overturning of the uh, of the uh, dispute, uh, the finding that blocked him from being co-creator of uh, of ghostwriter. And uh, so, you know, who knows where that's going to be? But but uh, Tony Moore, who was the artist on the first six or eight issues of Walking six Dead, six issues, and he did covers for a while after that. Okay, uh, so he was indeed the artist uh, who who did first. Do uh, cre- draw several of the main characters of The Walking Dead, the very successful, the most successful independent comic on the stands today. How many of those main characters are still with us, Nate? Rick. Uh, the character Rick, right? Rick, Carl. Rick, Carl, and... I don't know when Andrea was introduced. Uh, she was pretty early. She was with the crew at the original Okay, RV, Was she with the van- RV folk? I think so. Yeah, she was. And... So I'm behind, so I have a feeling if you say someone isn't there anymore, I'm going. It's going to be a spoiler for. I think that right. might be it. Glenn well, is gone. We don't want to spoil it for anyone. No, Glenn's still there. <laughs> oh dear, I don't believe you. Okay, so it's all right. You know, it, to me, it's the telling. I'm so way behind. I totally understand. Um, so anyway, so he drew several of of the characters, and at least several of the characters who then translated to television to the a- a- AMC series. Um, although I do not find any correlation between the likenesses of the actors and the characters they were originally drawn. But no. anyway, he is he has revived this suit uh, that somehow he Carl's is, not far off. That he has been left out of, of profits that are owed to him as co-creator of The Walking Dead. Whatever the truth is, and I really do not know, um, I find it weird that this is happening to Robert Kirkman as a creator who has a very successful creator who I know has been generous towards his artists on Invincible at the very least uh, more generous than honestly even you know they've said that he had to be that was very kind of him mm-hmm. making sure that before he took a penny that he, his artists were very well taken care of and that he has been and uh, Nate uh, dragged me into not dragged me into but called me into a <laughs> panel at Comic Con with Jonathan Ross, in which Robert he Jonathan Ross, uh, BBC presenter Jonathan Ross, interviewed Robert Kirkman, and the big Kirkman thing was about the creator: do your own work, do you, you know, creator uh, creators' rights versus the um, he 
uh, humorously cast aspersions upon the big two uh, and their relative status of having souls or not. Um, and, you know, so for them to him, for him to be at the center of a controversy like this is just... A little ironic. It's just a little ironic, yes. But I don't know. I, I, I don't... I, I'm not hemming and hawing here. I really don't have an opinion because I haven't seen any of the legal documents. So, or has any. Nate, would you like to explain or have I characterized this correctly? Yeah, I mean... Can we make it exciting for people who are going, why do we care? It's because... <laughs> it is ironic and at the same time, it's kind of like... It's hard to say, you know, it's hard to come down on a side and it's hard to say, because some of the legal jargon is kind of attack. Like I read uh, page one or two of the actual court document. Before falling into a coma? Or you tried to find the part where the statement of, of what the damage is? or No, like it, Tony Moore's like attorney put in this sentence that was like he's it's, uh, accusing Kirkman of being a liar and doing it gleefully to wow. further his career. Can and you like, legally say gleefully? It was it was really weird. It didn't look like legal annoying. language to me. Can, like, you, can you sue someone for smiling at your pain? <laughs> um, if so, I, I gotta go. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta file a lot I of mean, lawsuits tonight. I don't believe any of the three of us are attorneys. I work no. for an attorney, but... But we have experienced schadenfreude. All right, <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> I've but, never seen a legal document, not that I've seen a ton of legal documents, but I've never seen anything where, in a serious lawsuit, like, language, like, what is in there was actually used. It was really weird. Uh, one of the things, And though, if I had a smartphone, I'd be able to pull it up and tell you exactly what I thought I you didn't have about. a smartphone. Oh, you do. That was, again, an ironic statement. But now, but, but if, if you comes, and I were talking ahead yeah. of time, and, and let's have that, let's bring it up while, while Nate's looking up some evidence, is, you know, the thing is, on the issue of who who should be able to claim their co-creators on certain things. Right. I can't say that the artwork on Walking Dead added anything to the concept of the zombie. Uh, or the walking the dead representation itself. of zombies representation. was not unique or right. inventive. I cannot even honestly say that I feel like, other than knowing what he drew, I could recognize the character of Rick, who was picked up by Charlie Adler, uh, is recognizably Rick from issue one to issue one hundred, uh-huh. with some, of course, obviously story-driven alterations. But uh, so that's the thing; it's the co-creator status, and I guess you know, I to me. It's hard to say. Well, I think it comes down to if if it wasn't spelled out that in our agreement of working together we will be listed as co-creators, then it comes down to who invented more. I mean, who who invented right. the bulk of it? And if if it comes down to he said uh, Kirkman said, well, he's a sheriff. Draw a sheriff. Then you could say that was a that was maybe, but maybe. I, but I'd still say it's but like, it's okay. still it's not you know, you can kind of draw a sheriff and anyone could do it and if you actually do have fifty people draw them probably twenty five are going to look pretty much the same you know yeah so yeah. The, yeah the other thing is how well was he compensated for that work who took the risk on right. the creation of well the book? absolutely and that, I mean that. Because nobody those, at that time was saying we're going to go a hundred issues and have a TV series well, based on this book. And that's one book. of those th- things that that uh, you know is concerns me when I when people come to me, 
you know, because occasionally I'll get an email. It hasn't happened as often. I think there in the early days of Fanboy Planet, there weren't as many sources to go to. You know, mm-hmm. um, I very rarely get an email now that it's like where eh, if you did a little research yourself, yeah. there are better sources. Let me you introduce know. you to my friend Google. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I got one actually last week, a, a kid a, a, purporting to be from a five-year-old who loved the Scooby-Doo live-action TV movies and wanted mm. to know if there'd be more. And I'm like, okay. So if he's using his mom's account, yeah, I'm not going to go, hey, you should Google. Um, it's like, you're five. You saw that I had done a little thing on the, on one of the live-action TV movies, and, you know, that's fine. Um, but when when people write and say, like, you know, who should I go to to get published? And people do ask me, since I've dealt with two publishers that sort of don't exist anymore and one that does and um and then monster versus i think doing well you know it, it certainly in the quality of its books um but that gave me a perspective of it's a huge risk yeah any comic is a huge huge risk and i am not surprised you know that uh that you know one that companies go under really fast but also that that there's Confusion. It's it's hard in good conscience to ask an artist, "Will you take this risk with me?" Yeah. It's hard to pay that artist because you're if you're writing a comic book and you want to self-publish or even to go through Image, you probably unless you're giving up some section. If you want to own it outright, it's going to cost you money to say I'm paying the artist right off the bat, unless it's a profit split. So Nate looks like he's found something. I found something. Yes, Nate. I would also like to point out that it's not just for Walking Dead. He also wants percentage of Brit and Battle Pope and... Did he draw Battle Pope? Uh, oh, that was him. Okay. co-created... If he didn't draw it, he co-created it. Okay. Uh, it's Walking Dead, Brit, Battle Pope, and a possible comic called My Name is Abraham and another one called Dead Planet. Okay. Those were two potential series. Right. So, this says, Kirkman is a proud liar and fraudster who freely admits that he has no qualms about misrepresenting material facts in order to consummate business transactions, and it is precisely that illicit conduct which led to the present lawsuit, and in parentheses, and to Kirkman's business, quote, success generally. I have never heard him (laughs) say, I am a liar, you cannot trust me. Well, most writers are liars to some extent. Shut up! Uh... (laughs) I, I will burn the tape. That it, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a Twilight Zone callback. Anyway, um, no, I mean, I, that's just, just it's weird to me. But, I mean, I, just I guess that's the thing for any would-be creator out there who's following Mr. Kirkman's advice. I, you know, I mean, Keep a I, diary. No, that's not, that's not crazy advice. That's, no, I'm... Uh, that's absolutely true. And I tell people all the time, the, the thing you do need to do, and it sucks... Because usually if you're starting a comic like with your friend, you should draw this. Say, you know, you got to get a contract out there. And even when you guys did, did uh, Crackpot Comics, Nate, uh-huh. when you and Lon did that, and Lon was asking me about that, I said, you know, put in writing. One, like, you know, if there's a profit, how it's supposed to be divided up. Yeah. Figured out that now, and Lon was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to make a profit. And if you're part, said, right. It doesn't matter because if at some point, even if it was a dollar, somebody could come back and say, ah, you know, everybody has to be signed. And I'm on that. Not because people are jerks, but because money does change things. And know? especially if when you part ways. Yes. 
that the reasoning for the parting of the way is clear. I'm sure that back in the day when you and Goodson divvied up Fanboy Planet for a... I bought him off for a pack of hero clicks. That that was written down and annotated. That was actually written down and annotated. Uh, Paul an email saying, I'm really not doing any work for you, so um, go ahead. <laughs> Give me some hero clicks. So did they say, did Moore say, uh, has Moore ever said why he stopped after issue six? I think it... Was he I'm just busy on sure, other things? I don't know if it was busy on other things. I'm pretty sure he just wasn't at that point in his career fast enough or whatever to do a monthly uh, series. I think I read that. Is I, what okay. I understand from it. And which is the same thing with uh, Corey Walker, who was the original artist, artist on, on Invincible. Invincible, and now it's Ryan Otley. And Corey Walker comes back and does you know a couple fill-ins every once in a while. Yeah. So this also alleges that in 2005, Kirkman and his agents devised a scheme to fraudulently induce Moore to assign his copyright interests in the works, which is all the comics listed above, to Kirkman's alter ego limited liability company, Kirkman LLC, based on a series of false promises, false representations, and material omissions. None of which are listed. Well, I mean, they may not be able to be listed. And they convinced him to sign an assignment and release... Agreement, and they pulled that September look over there thing too. Mm-hmm. The, but the other thing is, supposedly Tony Moore still gets a percentage. He just wants more of a percentage, right? Mm. Okay, because of let's see, it says he's granted sixty percent of the comic publishing net proceeds, twenty percent of the motion picture net proceeds for 60%? The Walking Dead. percent. Ah, but motion picture is not television. So that may be part of it, too. So that's for The Walking Dead and Brit, and then 50% for Battle Pope of motion picture net proceeds. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and no offense, Mr. Kirkman, but you are never going to sell a film adaptation of Battle Pope. you got to cover your bases, like you said. Uh, I know, you do, but I'm just going to say that. No, I know. I Which one's going to make it a big screen first, Battle Pope or Milk and Cheese? Battle Pope. Brady's right. Neither, really. And, Derek, you might want to eat those words. What? Oh, no. No, really? I would just know that Kirkman has some stuff <laughs> brewing. Uh, yeah, that's going. Uh, no, I, I would think the thing with Battle Pope is that, um, the, the, that even American Catholics will be offended by it. <laughs> um, I can remember when he had a booth for just Battle Pope at Comic-Con in, like, 2000, 2001, and I was like, I'm not going to read it. I mean, I've read it since and gone like, oh, you know, there's some cleverness to it, but it's a young guy trying to be offensive. And, you know, it's it's okay, but I think they're, it's certainly not going to be a big studio film. I remember, uh, were either of you at the Walking Dead panel at Comic-Con? No. Nope. Somebody asked him about the uh, the previous lawsuit, and he said basically that, it's ridiculous, and once everybody looks at the books and checks everything out, they'll realize that the numbers are correct. So I don't think Kirkman's very worried about it. No. What do we and got next? I'm hoping he's correct. Well, what is what is next is let's go to the go to the announcement from Comicsology. Let's talk a little oh, bit yeah, about yeah. Comicsology and Marvel both announced. I'm still, this is another issue that confused me because right. I read all my. Digital comics through Comixology. I'm going to say I've taken a look at a couple of the other platforms, a couple of the other apps, 
as far as like graphically and uh, and what's the other one? Um, shoot. Oh, there's a couple, but but I've, I've looked at more those, than those are the big three. and Comicsology is the one that I like the best. Yeah. So I'm going to give them all due credit. And I've noticed ridiculously on my phone. I have an Archie app. I have a Marvel app. I have a DC Comics app. There's a Dark Horse app. I there's... have a Dark Horse app and I have a Boom app, and yep. they all are based on the Comixology engine. Yes. So I still just buy everything through Comixology. So, I mean, in any one of these situations, you have two parts. Mm-hmm. You have the, the application you're running on your local machine. Yes. And in the case of most PCs, it's the browser. And then on the other end is a server that is basically serving as a marketplace right. and a place where you that keeps your account and then the storage of the books that can be downloaded. And what they basically said today was that you can use either application to download books you've bought from either site. So you don't have to have both applications on your machine. And in fact, it can be very confusing to have both applications on the machine as to finding, as remembering where the book you bought was. For example, I have all 12 issues of the 12. And if you bought, let me see if I can put this in layman's terms. If you had bought that on the Marvel app, you were previously unable to open the Comixology app where you have all your DC and Boom Studios and Dark Horse books and read your Mar- and read the 12. Right. But now you can access the 12 from your Comixology. You app. will have to download it again to whatever application but you can. Is. Right. Okay. This opens up a couple of couple things that consumers need to be aware of. First off, because of the way... The 12 is a fantastic series. That's the most important thing. Yeah. That's that's absolutely the most important thing of this whole article. Yes. Um, The first thing to realize is that unlike the way your PC works, the way applications on the iPad and iPhone and the iOS devices work is that the documents that they use are stored basically in the application with the application there's no mm-hmm. file system you can't go someplace and see all the documents that right. can then be accessed by the application this is this is apple trying to make things simple but it's terribly confusing if you already know how to use a pc um which is most of the world so in any case mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um <laughs> if for example Rick loves to be bitter about apple <laughs> Oh, I, I I buy all their stuff, but I, I hate their pretense. Um, if you'd like to write <laughs> in to Rick, I'd be happy to take you on. Compass at fanboyplanet.com. Go to rickbrett.com. You can find my blog and read read all this stuff. And I'm going to say, he's got a lot of time on his hands. He yeah. will respond. That's okay. R-I-C-B-R-E-T. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Dot com. All right. So anyway, um, if you, for example, already had a bunch of stuff downloaded in your Marvel app, and you, you like Derek said, you know, I'd really, ha- I'd really rather have that on my Comixology app because I like that one better. Even though they're the same application at heart, they are skinned slightly different. Can I guess what's going to happen? You're going to end up with nothing. No, 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 no. You'll end up with two copies. So if you've downloaded it already in the Marvel app and then you download it again in the Comixology app, you'll have right. two copies on the machine. It'll take, take you know, twice as much space as it needs to. So if you're going to do this, for God's sakes, delete one or the other so you don't get confused. Maybe you make some notes about whatever it is you, you had, but you can always just go to the libraries and download this stuff. Yeah, I mean, the big, uh, the difference is I see them as far as, like, if you have the Marvel app, M- Marvel's going to have, like, a, there's going to be a couple, and the DC Nation app does the same thing, mm-hmm. that there are house ads that you're not going to see if you go to the Comixology. Right, the there's Comixology be different things store, pushed. It's like, it's like gotcha. Marvel, there's Marvel Monday, 
that's the sale. Right. That's a good day, actually. Well, we'll to go get to, on we'll and, get to that merchandising thing and something in, because there's another interesting aspect here. Yes. Um. So you got a tattoo? Let's. <laughs> no, I did not. Um. Of the Comicsology X. No, look. No, yeah, you, you can't see it from here. Um. I don't want to. You don't. The. The other thing about this is the space that these things take up. Yeah. So um, they recently, when the iPad 3 came out with their retinal display, all of a sudden they started doing these high-definition right, right. Uh, comics, which even if you don't have high-definition display, it means you can zoom in that much further without it blurring. Right. These guys, sto- uh, co- uh, they, they basically are about 30 to 40 megabytes per issue. It doesn't sound like that much, but if you put 30 to 35 of these on your device, you've just eaten up a gigabyte of space. Mm-hmm. Um, if you buy a lot of Marvel books lately, as I do, you're getting five to seven, on average, free digital books a month. Now, you don't, you may not be uh, know this, but you can just you can just put those on your account, and they'll show up in your in your my comics in the application you don't have to download them right then if you do you end up eating up a lot of your what you think of as your free space on right, your right. on your i device and depending on the size you have that can be a sizable one gig on a 16 gig device is a lot yeah to end up spending that's it's a full movie's worth of space um so be careful about this stuff because there's there's really um, there's not a good way to figure out how many, how much these things are taking up. But I will give you a, a tip: on any of these applications, the topmost, um, topmost of the part of the screen, out the upper left-hand corner, there is a icon with three dots in it. That mm-hmm. is the settings button. So you click that, and then you click settings within that, and then there is a um, a setting that says. Uh, it says size allocated, mm-hmm. and it will typically say infinite, meaning you you will you can put as much there. You can you can other you can put a artificial so limit. infinite means infinite. Infinite means as much as you put up there until you run out of space. Now, if you actually click on that and go into it, it will tell you in that space how much your your books are actually taking up at this mm-hmm. time. So you, you can you can kind of check and see because it's really hard when you start bumping the limit on a device to figure out how what you. Have uh, I think to we've delete. got your. I think we've got the point. Right. So, it's a space issue. Yep. And it's not infinite. It's although space, space is itself infinite. In, is infinite. Yep. Last, but not the space on your phone or i device. Last bit no. of advice. Last bit of advice. So we talked about going in on the on the iDevice into the application because they show you the sales and stuff they're happening. Mm-hmm. However. If you want to save a little money and you want to reward Comixology or Marvel instead of rewarding Apple, buy them on their website. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because if you buy it through the application, 30% of what you pay for it goes to Apple. Plus eight percent sales tax, or right. eight to nine percent, right. depending on where you are, goes right. to goes to the, the, the iTunes the iTunes store. Yes, if you buy it, tax. if you buy it on their website, your all the money's going to Comixology, which is then divided up between Comixology right. and the right. and the yeah, manufacturers. So that's that's the 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 actionable thing for today. Really, until I read an article today, I didn't realize I could buy the comics through iTunes. I was just always going through the app, and you can go through Marvel too. Marvel, I would not do that. No. Yeah, okay, that's my point. Okay. I would not do that. 
Although, Fair enough. Although I got to say, Marvel, the incredible savvy marketers, because in today's Avengers Assemble, uh, it features a crossover, which I guess has been building for a while, with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and the timing is perfect. Um, you know, less than a month after announcing and having in, in every article that mentions a Marvel movie coming up, they go, and in two years, something called Guardians of the Galaxy. And then you uh, would Starring walk, that other guy you've never heard of before. Right. And then you'd walk into a comic book store today and see Avengers Assemble, which is all the Avengers from the movie. And then there's the Guardians of the Galaxy. Actually, you're most likely to, more likely to see... Guardians, Guardians, Guardians of the, of the Galaxy, Galaxy yeah. at the top. Guardians of the Galaxy, of the go! Galaxy. go! And Avengers then down Assemble. in the middle of the book, it says Avengers Assemble, which almost feels like it's the title of the episode rather than the title of the book. Well, whatever. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, go. That sounds exciting. I almost want to buy that book. Yeah, you got... Uh, yeah, I like it, the... Uh, excuse me. Can little, I get into network so I can get a comicsology up? Okay, go ahead. Sure. I like the little scene in the last issue between Hulk and Drax. That was a good one. Okay, so you are amused by this book. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, and book. you are very excited. We... Uh, do you need to make, I guess, a correction to last week's with the Hulk book that Mark Wade and Lionel you will be uh, producing? Yeah. Called The Indestructible Hulk? That's what I read. There was just a little... No, I saw that too. Yeah. It didn't really get into anything. It just said it's going to be called Indestructible Hulk. Still thrilled? Oh, I'm still thrilled. Okay. Good. <laughs> Until I read it and don't like it. Then I won't be thrilled anymore. But I can't imagine that happening with Mark Wade and... I don't know. I think this is introducing the Purple Hulk. No, it's not, Derek. You're not funny. Aquamarine. I am too. Topaz Hulk. Take that to comedy sports and see what happens. Uh, well, Top. for a cricket for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, yes, I led Phil Lamar astray at a comedy festival once. I will not do that again. I, I understand. <laughs> know your audience, and this is the audience for that. Okay, and really, I was just trying to get your goat. It worked. I saw your hackles rise. Yeah, yeah. The hair on the back of my neck. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it's right. still standing on end. Okay, speaking of hair standing on end, hey, uh, Rick pointed out to me uh, a movie gossip rumor that uh, Sony Pictures is interested in reviving ALF. Really? As a feature-length film. Uh, original show creators Tom Patchett and Paul Fusco uh, are involved. ALF the movie. ALF the movie, but the implication would be that ALF would be CG. Uh, uh, I, yeah, it's not filling you with excitement. They although get I the think the same guy to do the voice. I think it was Paul Fusco. Ha! I think it was Paul Fusco. Willie. So that was the sitcom for those not familiar. How could anyone not familiar? Like if you saw Alf, it haunts your dreams. Uh, no, it does not. No, it's a cute puppet who eats cats and always. Uh, he's always from stood Mel-Mac. behind the couch. Mel Mac, and his real name is Gordon Shumway. That's right. And uh, yes, apparently it was a nightmare to film because there's like big holes in the set where they move, uh, <laughs> move and off. and they and unlike the Muppets, where everyone instinctively treats them as if they're real, uh, Paul Fusco insisted upon being tre- Alf being treated as if he was real. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, it was, it was a sitcom. There was an animated series. There was a reunion movie of some sort, or not a reunion necessarily. What had happened, and the, like I don't think any of the original sitcom family came back. Is for Willie it. still alive? I don't know. Uh, I honestly don't know if he is. Or not. His career by putting him in this film. Oh my gosh! So um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Alf, thirty years later, a little disturbed by that one. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, and it's just a rumor out there. But the big ones today. Are of course that uh, Marvel and DC both big announcements made big movie announcements. Although it was more like DC kind of went, oh yeah, well we might do this. <laughs> um, so Marvel announced Marvel Studios announced that they have 
and and did this really come as a surprise to anybody? They signed Joss Whedon to write and direct Avengers Two. I was pleasantly surprised that they did the right thing. That that the right thing happened. Okay, the right thing happened, and that he will develop. Uh, is going to have a hand in developing a television series set in his cinematic Marvel universe. Oh, can we float theories on this? Float uh, some theories. To go do. I'm thinking it should be a Shield show. I think that's perfectly logical now. But my question with that is, do you think? Um, what about budget? Well, well, spoilers on for Avengers. Uh, as in spoilers for us. Spoilers for listeners. Okay, who haven't, haven't seen, seen the Avengers, Avengers? Don't listen. Which to Which opened right in now. early May. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, Coulson's dead, so you could take. <laughs> He's still we, alive. We haven't seen Agent Quartermain in the movies. That's yet, true. Right? We have not TV show like Quartermain. We haven't seen. What other popular? I mean, you've got Dugan Jasper Sitwell. Jasper Sitwell. Haven't seen him in the movies. Right. No. no. You there see, you go. You have she, Buddy and, Cop show. And you've got Quartermain Marie, and Sitwell. And you've got Maria Hill. But she just, was in the movie. Yeah. But she's also, but you could say, but she's a TV actress. Yeah, yeah. So she could do double duty and occasionally show up. I don't know that Samuel L. Jackson would show up on the TV series, what but about, maybe. What about the Contessa? Sure. You but don't need re- Sam Jackson in there. Just have no. him be an off-camera, right. like, right. oh, no, 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 Nick I, Fury's going to be upset if you do that. Right. No, no. Agent Quartermain. At a certain point, people do want to see that appearance. Even the young Indiana Jones Chronicles found a way to bring Harrison Ford in. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's eventually, that'll go. But but regardless, I have that I, seems the most logical because I think that Clark Gregg was saying before we knew that he was going to be dead. That Colt, the series, there would be a series featuring Colson. So I think Shield makes perfect sense. They did not go forward with their AKA Jessica Jones series, but the problem is that that's, that would have depended way too much on the character, the big name characters that were already in the Avengers. To make Willie sense. is still alive. Who is Willie? Willie Max Wright. He's doing oh, research. thank you. Thank you for looking that up. <laughs> this just in. That back in front. Max Wright, see, still alive. Willie from the ALF sitcom in the 80s, oh, is still alive. He may be a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that awkward, awkward update. <laughs> anyway. so But uh, the one that I'd like to see, that I think they could do, I, I'd be worried about S.H.I.E.L.D., depending on the network, especially with Fox, because I can imagine it. Oh, they, no, they go to ABC. ABC. It's going to ABC. Right, right, right. So, but even with ABC. They they're always they always kill these shows because of the budget. So one that you can probably bring in at a much lower budget with a with a similarly large ca- cast would Obnoxio the Clown, Power Man and Iron Fist, Heroes for, for Hire, with Misty Knight and Colleen Wing. Mm-hmm. No, you're not liking it. Uh, it's not that I. It's not that I don't like it. I think they have plans elsewhere for Iron Fist. For Iron Fist, and big kung fu movie. And there, yeah, I mean, I'm raising my eyebrows. And there are a lot of uh, a lot of up and coming African American actors who really want to crack at Luke Cage, and they Mm -hmm. think it's cinematic. You know, is Black Panther going to make it first, or is Luke Cage going to make it first? But I think a lot of people want it be uh, be Luke Cage. So. Uh, I just think that that there's so here's one there's too prom- many promises elsewhere. So here's one one situation. These things typically are 
driven out of a book or a book comes up. So you just do a shield book at that point? Yeah. Okay. Without Nick Fury. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, Nick Fury is not Nick Fury anymore in the Marvel Universe. He's even more Nick Fury than he was right. before. Right. Um, and speaking of promises not kept, you know, it, it looks like um, Fox is going to let the Daredevil franchise slip away. I was about they, to say, have are to, we going to talk about the trade that may be happening? That trade has been debunked. Oh, really? Hmm. Uh, that the, the, the rumor that flared up and then got debunked this week was that Fox was willing, in order to buy more time for Daredevil, uh, because they have to get that in production by October the or the end of 14, November. I think? No, no, no. It's, it's this year. They, oh. have to get, they have to get it done by sometime in the last couple of months of this year. They have to get started or the rights to Daredevil would revert to Marvel Studios um, or Please to Disney. Revert. Or, or Disney. That they were saying that they were will, uh, the rumor was they were willing to give up out of the Fantastic Four package, which is not yet ready to expire, Silver Surfer and Galactus, because those seemed like good threat levels for the Avengers. But I thought even when I saw that was stupid, was a stupid thing, because I do, you, you simply don't, as much as I would like to see Disney do, do their take on right, Silver yeah. Surfer and Galactus correctly. You go back to that well again. Um, they are too... They're inextricably linked with the Fantastic Four. That is where they where they. Eh. Yeah. No, I really th- to us they are. I have one other. Nobody c- knows who they are. Yeah, and that's not true because people do yeah. remember Rise of the Silver Surfer, and they love you know Silver Surfer. Yeah, but the average his- moviegoer doesn't even know that Fantastic Four was made by a different company. Well, yeah, that's true. They don't. I keep forgetting I don't really know any average moviegoers. Yeah, everybody thought and Spider-Man I, was going to be in the... Why isn't Spider-Man the, the Avengers? Avengers? Right, you're right. I mean, even nerds were saying that. Nerdier than us. Well, they just don't know yeah. that the rights lie in a different place. We're the scary kind of nerds because we, we know, know things. <laughs> you're one going more, to have to either kill us or pay us off. We more, will accept a payoff. One, I will keep quiet. One more candidate for the Whedon uh, live-action TV show. Okay. Um, a, a series that he Forbish already man. has an affinity for. Wait. I don't have any good smart-ass Vermont. Okay. Runaways. Uh, and here again is why I would say, one, yes, but no. Uh, because uh, <laughs> Runaways, they have movie plans for. And um, the thing with Runaways is that it's also a perfect... A series that does not have to be set in a mainstream Marvel universe. You could be that could be a completely separate separate thing. I think it's a I think it's a better group to tell smaller size stories with, though. That may be, but I, you know, I mean, that's the same thing. When we were following up on that idea of Big Hero Six being a Disney animated film, is like, well, Big Hero Six is definitely a team. I, I, ah, here's what I was thinking about: it. why Big Hero Six would be a logical one is because. They have Disney has a no compete clause in their theme parks, right? With the big Marvel heroes that Universal gets to actually keep them because of the of the uh, for a couple more years. What Universal going to tear down the Islands of Adventure? No, something just rename it. No, because you have a Spider Man ride that is that is a virtual. It's too expensive to change over, basically. 
And, you, you know, yes, you could redo the Hulk roller coaster to something else because it was a dragon or the Doctor Doom one was So you give them the rights to continue those rides. No, but, but, but yeah, right. I mean, but with that, you still get – they get the stores and they get all that stuff. But uh-huh. if you have something like Big Hero 6 and if you have Runaways, they can be – they can put those in the Disney parks and not worry about anybody, about conflicting with anybody else's – Warning. Uh-oh. You're talking about roller coasters and you guys sound like you're as serious as death. I think we need to lighten it up a little. I want to tell you, Deb, death is serious. And if you're going to lighten it up with a bottle of wine, okay, fine. But otherwise, back away. <laughs> We're talking roller coasters. It does sound like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway. So, yeah, I think that, that, that Galactus and Silver Surfer thing was got debunked. But, but the rumor is now they're willing to give up Daredevil and just let it lapse. So... Because they can't seem to get it going. Although they were talking to Joe Carnahan about writing and directing it now. They lost David Slade. Well, I really hope they get Ben Affleck to pay, play Daredevil. No, you don't. Oh, wait, what? No, you don't. Because Ben Affleck is on... Well, that's, so that's DC's announcement. Warner Brothers gets to say, um, You know how in the wake of the Avengers we had our Justice League plan all along? Ha, ha, ha. You didn't know about <laughs> sure it. Sure you did. <laughs> um, well, they, have a complete, they claim they have a completed screenplay, and they claim they sent it out to their first candidate to, to direct it, Ben Affleck. And so he's a good director. I think he is a great director, and I'm going to say honestly, uh, if you've have you seen Gone Baby Gone, his first film, I've uh, I really I recommend everybody should should see. It. Well, it's it's not an easy watch because it's it's a very searing um, suspense thing involving violence toward children, but it's um, it's really. I mean, of course, he has a couple crimes to answer for. It is because of Gone Baby Gone. Uh, I believe that was Gone Baby Gone that no, I'm sorry. It was the town that made Blake Lively, uh, I made Warner Brothers think Blake Lively would be a great Carol Ferris. So, okay. Uh, but uh, Gone Baby Gone is really good. The town, I think, is good. I didn't like it as much as I like Gone Baby Gone. And this upcoming film, Argo, uh, which is based on uh, Jack Kirby's attempt to save the uh, Iranian hostages. Um, did, did you realize there was a Jack Kirby connection in that story? No. Did not. Jack Kirby did. They took artwork by Jack Kirby and claimed that it was um, that they were storyboards and production designs for the science fiction film Argo. They took, I believe it was pages from his 2001 comic. Awesome. And convinced them that that was production design and they needed uh, his, his, and that they were making this film. And so they faked a science fiction film script. This is historically true. Faked a science fiction film script and they rescued six Americans who were being. Oh, I did see the commercial for that. Who were being uh, held, uh, who were safe in the Canadian embassy, but they couldn't get out because they were clearly Americans. So they had to disguise them as Canadian filmmakers and get them out of Iran by claiming they were doing research for a film and they, you know, they're not American. And uh, so, but you had to have all this pre production artwork and and so forth to, in order to uh, convince the Iranian government that. This was a legitimate enterprise. And so the film of that story, Argo, is uh, directed by Ben Affleck coming out soon. Yes, I've seen the trailer. I didn't realize it was Jack Kirby art. They, they haven't really shown faking much about the art. but uh, As storyboards. That's so awesome. is that, what's the status of that movie? Is it's, it? it's done. It's coming out soon. When, 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 when? I'm not absolutely positive. I think it's a fall thing because it's, it's definitely Oscar yeah, bait. Yeah, I remember seeing, I think I was in a theater and saw the uh, It's definitely Oscar bait. So, anyway, the thing with Ben Affleck directing, if he is to direct Justice League, 
the what, what did you say? You saw this in Variety or the Hollywood Report? Variety, Variety, and uh, the speculation added on that uh, he was going to that he only looks for projects that he can also act in. Argo comes out October tenth. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and so, um, I, I, to me, that seems like speculation put on by Variety because he was in the town. He plays Superman, and he's an Argo. Uh, but he already did. Yeah, and he was good. He was good. <laughs> but I don't think you're going to see that because they they'll keep Henry Cavill in the from the Man of Steel as Superman. If uh, if that he could does play well. Cyborg. No, I think he could play Batman. He could play Bruce Wayne. Play Bruce Wayne. He would be a wonderful Batman. I think he a better Batman than he was a Daredevil. That's right. And that's not his fault. He was just cast. He was the wrong guy. That he was not Daredevil. Oh. Matt Damon should have been Daredevil at the time. That's a good Batman. Yeah. See? You're getting excited. And I hope he puts on a Boston accent. To do Era. St- hey, stop it. Era Joker. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. Nice. Alfred, give me the Batmobile. Okay, I'm taking you right to Arkham Asylum. Park the Batmobile uh, yeah, yeah. in Harvard Yard. <laughs> Park the car in Arkham Asylum. Uh, yes, okay. Ooh, that even works. In Blackgate Prison. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> Beam down from the Justice League satellite. Era right. clock, can I get you a doers? <laughs> wow. <laughs> clock. Oh. But how's he feel about Green Lantern? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Wonder Woman, Diana. All right, so uh, all right, don't, maybe don't then. do it while you're drinking, there. Oh, I'm not going. All right, hey Hal Jordan. <laughs> I can't do. It. <laughs> I can't drink while you're doing it. Dang it! <laughs> well, that'll be fun. I think it's not a bad choice, but I also think it's like vapor right now. They're just like floating it out there. He hasn't committed to anything, but uh, but all the sites are reporting his news, so we are duty bound too. This is why. Hollywood needs to listen to the Fanboy Planet podcast. Well, they we should. are casting your movies for you, ladies and gentlemen. Well, no, we're okay with that. If you if you have, okay, so this is where I like to just expand it out a little bit. If you have, all right, uh, Henry Cavill as Superman, assuming mm-hmm. that the Man of Steel does well, I mm-hmm. have no reason to believe that it will not. And if you know what, if it doesn't, bring back Brandon Routh. Absolutely, sure. Um, <laughs> Why not? Because he's living with Sam J. Jones in a studio apartment <laughs> in Hollywood. Um, and uh, so uh, let's just say Henry Cavill or Brandon Routh, uh, Ryan Reynolds would come back as Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. One uh, report I read said that that would be in lieu of a second Green Lantern film. Let him continue in the role. Um, and he seems game to do that. Say Ben Affleck is Batman. Mm-hmm. The other two characters named, and allegedly this script focuses on five, not seven, but five Justice Leaguers. And by the way, it's not Justice League of America. I saw a lot of that on the internet today. So it is Justice, Justice League. League. Same as the book, of course. Right. As the Jeff, current, as Jeff the, Carnes wouldn't let that go. Right. No, no, no. But, but, but the only book that's actually been called JLA, and a lot of people have been reporting this JLA, was the Grant Morrison run that finished out, and it is specifically Justice League. Uh, for a lot of marketing would be funny if the script was just somebody had handed around a Grant Morrison graphic novel. No, nobody would have made sense of but that. But wouldn't it be awesome if they did it? Sure, but there's no studio executive in the world that would have <laughs> read that and gone, yeah, I got a green light that. Oh, these are these are special color. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, um, so that leaves Wonder Woman and The Flash. No Aquaman, huh? No Aquaman. No Martian Manhunter, but he always gets left out of the Cyborg. Times. Shut up. Okay. If you put Cyborg in there, who would be your Cyborg in a big screen? Because Derek and I came, oh, Derek came up with one. Glover. That is exactly, exactly who I said. <laughs> awesome. And yeah. I would love to see it if the 
Dreamatorium just kind of flickered into view a couple of times during the movie. <laughs> nice. Okay. So who would your be, the Flash be? I was thinking about that. Uh, I'm assuming you want everybody around the same age. Sure, but Cavill is like in his early 30s. Affleck is almost 40. Yeah. So 30s, 40s. And Ryan Reynolds is in his late 30s now too. So yeah. Did you have a casting for Wonder Woman? No, I was I thinking of Jason yet. Statham. But he's got an accent, and I don't think he can get rid of it. He's not a good enough actor. No. I also think he doesn't have a runner's build. He's got too wig on, too. Who has a runner's build? Oh God, we're going Owen back. Wilson. Okay, could be. That's weird. Hey, guys. But it could work. It's me, the hey, Flash. And he got that nose from running into a wall. <laughs> sure. Wonder Woman? Who's your Wonder Woman? I got one. Gina she- Carano. That's not going to work, but go ahead. What do you mean it's not going to work? It's a stretch goal. She'd have to work a lot, or she'd have to work on this hard. But I, Liza Dushku. I don't think she'd have to work on it that hard. I think that Why does Gina Carano not work? Okay, Gina Carano. I was thinking the wrong person. Uh, I was thinking Gina Torres when you said it, and I don't, I don't know, know why I wanted it. Uh, she was in Firefly, and she's oh, married okay. to Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and she, I think, voiced Wonder Woman in, in one of the animated projects. Yes, she did. She did. Yeah. So, um, okay. And she does have great hair. I still would like to go back to Neil Patrick Harris for The Flash. Oh, NPH. NPH mm. would be a great. He's, flashing it up. I, I, he's shorter than I imagine a Flash. So? Well, I Why know. do they always have to be Put him on an Apple box. box. I want him to be Impulse. <laughs> he's too old to be Impulse. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> How about, uh, what's his name? Sean William Scott. Not as bad a choice as you, want, as you wanted that to hurt me with, but no. Mm-hmm. No, Stifler would be a good Flash. He would. Wow. So there, there's some good possibilities. It, it could be a watchable film. And the thing is, they don't have to be stars in those other roles because you've already got the well-known. And, this and is how a, about the comedy between Ryan Reynolds and Stifler? Oh, my God. Okay. Um, maybe. Maybe. Let's uh, turn to some television, shall we? Oh, I did want to say... Uh, I, because I have nowhere else to fit it, I got an I got an email today about a an imprint called a book imprint called Opus, which is from a, a, a spin off of the Applause imprint publishing house, which does play scripts. And so, yes, uh, this is where Nate starts blinking at me owlishly, and I, I'm just drawing it so you know to look up Opus if you're interested. And they're going to release a Dark Knight trilogy script script book, so all three screenplays complete with storyboards. In, a be- in one beautiful hardback uh, copy, and I am totally down with that. I have no idea when that's coming out. Uh, I'm going to see what we can do about at least getting a, getting a look at it. It does sound great. It, but it seems like, you know, if you are a fan of the Dark Knight trilogy, or just the Dark Knight is what I'm talking to more and more people. Everybody loves the Dark Knight. They liked Batman Begins. They're not so happy with the Dark Knight Rises, but you got you, you got what you got. Depends on how... how- Strictly, they do all the storyboards, and it's yeah. just a sprinkling them through the because the original Star Trek, uh, the Star Wars movies, they came yeah. out with the script books, and those had a, those had a fair amount of illustrations in them, where both storyboarding and yeah. and photographs, yeah, which I thought was fine. It was, it yeah. was the script is really what I wanted, yeah. So I, you know, we'll see what the package looks like. I don't don't know yet, but it's it's a just announced project, and I'm hoping it's really cool and probably in time for Christmas. A great coffee table book. You showed me the Opus thing. You know what yeah. their logo reminded me of? Did it remind you of anything? No. Color and shapes. The Burger King. Nice. 
Well, then I will have it my way. Okay. Uh, so let's talk television a little bit. You, uh, Rick Ford, uh, that on Labor Day, we have time for people to lock ourselves away. There's a huge superhero marathon on Encore. On Encore. Yeah, so Encore nice. is going to have a Labor Day superhero marathon. And uh, so movies that I think we've all seen, but people might want to catch up. I have some issues with the lineup. I knew you would, so go ahead. Uh, well, you pointed out something I had noticed until you did. The, uh, well, that would be his issue. <laughs> well, that's part of my issue. It's not, it's not a big issue. It's not huge, but eh. So, so again, the way this is set up is uh, starting at uh, 12 a.m., which I'm assuming these times are adjusted. It'll be Sunday morning. East Coast, West Coast. Uh, Flash Gordon, followed Flash. by The Shadow, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spawn, mm-hmm. Dark Man, one mm-hmm. of my favorite superhero movies of all time. Yeah, those are nice obscure ones. They're all decent and underrated. Yes, Hulk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the Ang Lee Hulk. Yep. No, that's like Damn it. it. Yeah. Well, that's about time I'd go to sleep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's that's at seven seven twenty in the morning. If you start the marathon at, at midnight, midnight, no, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm going to nap yeah. through the Hulk. Then you'd wake. Uh, you'd rise early though at nine forty five for the Green Hornet. And then from 12... No, 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 I can nap because of something that Nate pointed out. Go ahead. Then from quarter to noon until 8 o'clock in the evening, you have Superman, Superman 2, Superman 3, and Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Okay, so there's more time for napping. Good. (laughs) Well, Superman 1 and 2. No, 1 and 2 is great, and then you nap through 3 and 4. 3 is good. Then we get the Green Hornet again, followed by, at 10 p.m., Batman Returns. Okay. Uh, who were the villains in Batman Returns? Uh, that's Catwoman the, and the Penguin. Okay. And that's a good one. That's a good that one. is my favorite of the that Tim Burton's, That is Burtons, a good, actually. creepy Tim Burton Batman. Uh, that is one of my favorites. Okay, now here's my problem. Go ahead. Number one yes. is the Green Hornet twice. twice. Yes, I knew That's that not one. even the best movie of the ones that are listed here, so why would you play only that one twice? Because it's the newest. Number two, speaking of the newest, Superman 4 is possibly one of the worst movies ever made. Not just superhero movies. But movies, period. Yes, and it can, it's a canon film. Get rid of it. You don't need to see Superman 4. Because there are no unanswered questions in 3 that 4 answers. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, so I would suggest... Okay, it, obviously they're using older movies, so apparently Encore doesn't have the rights to the new stuff, like Incredible Hulk instead of Hulk and Captain America, etc. Right. So I believe FX has the rights to those. Uh, hold on just a second. Superman 4, is that the one with the sun-based... Yes. The solar with, guy? With, yes. Yeah. So with Jonathan John Cryer as Lex Luthor's idiot nephew. And the threat in Superman 3 is what? Is uh, Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor and a drunk security guard. Okay. <laughs> Why do I... I, I keep on it's thinking Krypton- about it's 3 and 4 it's together. Three oh, it's three made kryptonite. Right. It's supposed to be like what red kryptonite does. Okay, but it does and, it to Superman. And the problem was, like, you know, yeah. allegedly, I hear... There was a stronger script until they cast Richard Pryor and then tried to make it more of a comedy. Yeah. yeah. Now, and that's why I don't like Richard Lester. Four is the prefer. only one of the Superman movies, and I'm including the reboot up until we don't know what's happening in the new one. Right. That actually has a super powered villain in it. No. no. Superman 2 has the three. Oh, it has villains. the Kryptonians, yeah. But, uh, and uh, no. Um,. The problem with Superman 4 is that uh, Christopher... The problems with Superman 4 I, I didn't say it was a good movie. It memorable. was Christopher Reeves' idea, and know. he was executive producer, and... And he's a tree hugger, apparently. 
which is okay. Um, he's, oh. you know, no. I mean, you know, let's say, I think it was con- uh, Newsarama that just had this big article about why um, Christopher Reeve is just the, the best Superman there could ever possibly be. Well, but that be. was a response to their previous list saying Christopher Reeve was a terrible choice. Well, I didn't read that previous one, and I totally agreed with that article that I read that said he was the best choice. I agree, too. It was funny because they did like the top five. Because worst. I still missed up when you mentioned his name. I feel like a moment of silence. Mm. Like, you know. I agree. Let's okay. have that moment. That being said, thank you, thank you, Nate. <laughs> uh, there I was like, a. I felt like something's changed between us. It's actual mist in here. It's good. It, I, I. I don't know if it was a top five or a top ten list, but you it was sure you don't want some wine? Worst, we'll start a fire. No, we'll good. Little... Worst casting choices, and they included Christopher Reeve, and apparently the internet broke with the. Negative responses like somebody was getting – whoever wrote it was getting death, death threats, threats and being called names. And Dan Slott took to Twitter to say, hey, I understand where you're coming from because Christopher Reeve is awesome, but let's back off from the death Would threats, approve guys. Of this? Yeah, yeah. I don't approve of death threats, but yeah, that's probably yeah. a good reason to have a death threat. Mm. No. So no. anyway. No. There's, nev- there's never an excuse for death <laughs> threats, people. Never. Rule number one. Have you learned nothing from watching the newsroom? Okay, um, go ahead. Can we replace the second viewing, maybe the first or second viewing of Green Hornet with Howard the Duck? Great movie. No. Uh, <laughs> I like Howard the <laughs> Duck. Howard the Duck is awesome. And just get Superman 4 out of there. Put something else in there. They could do Batman and then Batman Returns. Yeah. yeah. That would be fine, yeah. I, just do a couple. If you're going to do all four Superman movies, do the Michael Keaton Batmans. Exactly. Actually, yeah. I'm excited about everything. All right, until the Superman movie. I would say. Out. Or the other thing is, show Flash Gordon twice. And here's my reason: because yeah. it's playing at midnight. Uh, While well, that, and you realize yeah. if you've seen, have you seen Ted? No, not yet. Uh, Ted has a, a huge chunk of Ted is about reacting to Flash Gordon. Awesome. And it's hilarious. And it's like, but and every point, every dig they make is with love. And I go, you're absolutely right, and I want to watch that movie again and again and again. So Flash Gordon deserves more attention. All right. And if anyone from Encore is listening, I am looking for work down in the L.A. area. Okay, uh-huh. good. I can easily program this. Although, you know, I like the Green Hornet, and I feel like I'm in a, the huge minority on that. I like almost all of those. I mean, I like the, I like the Shadow, too, but that's because the Shadow's loaded with just people I like. Yeah. Tim Curry, Ian McKellen, and Alec Baldwin all in one film. How could it suck? Well, watch The Shadow <laughs> yeah, and find true. out. <laughs> it's okay in small bites. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, but so. that's uh, so that's Labor Day weekend yeah. uh, from 3, 12, 12 a.m. To, to 12 p.m. 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. Yep. Set your DVRs, folks. I don't think that's if what I'm going to do. If you have Encore. That's, I don't think that's what I'm going to do with my, with my Labor Day, but it's still nice to know it's an option. Yep. Um, and then I just want to point out, uh, just say, because I really need to give a shout-out, Just this just in, uh, a Kickstarter project, a web series, which would be coming to TV perhaps, uh, called Agent 88, is produced by Kevin Eastman and uh, featuring one of the actors, I think I think the guy who played Thanos in Avengers. So this is going to be like his first without the makeup uh, role since. That wasn't CG? No. Wow. No, he really looks like that. He's got a purple face. And red no, I understand he was makeup. wearing makeup, but I no. thought it was CG. Not as, no, not as much CG. No, no. Hmm. Interesting. Um, guy so, has a big jaw. Yeah, he has a big jaw. Uh, and he's in this series called Agent 88, which is about an octogenarian uh, kung fu assassin, an old lady who I'm kicks in. ass. Yes. This is the I, – I feel 
good about this. This is the first time I've donated money to a Kickstarter project that Excellent. has actually gone through. I have donated a couple of times previously and then not had to pay because it didn't make it. But this is just in Agent 88, and it is uh, being produced by uh, William O'Neill as well and uh, Jan Utstein O'Neill, who were the creators of uh, Violent Messiahs, which was an image book a few years ago, many years ago, written actually by our friend Josh Dysart. And uh, they also had the rights to Snake Plissken for a while. They did the cross-gen mm. slash, I think, you know, finishing an image, uh, Snake Plissken Chronicles which was drawn by Tone Rodriguez, but uh, written by William O'Neill. So very pleased uh, that that went through, and that's going to be cool. And for my troubles, I'm going to get a Peter Mayhew, not a Chewbacca, a Peter Mayhew Minimate. Sure to be a collector's item. I, that's what I was counting on, so that's why I went for that amount. That's awesome. Uh, I, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them. And they contacted me like a, right before I left for Disneyland to say, hey, could you have us on the podcast? And then I totally... Forgot about it and was about to contact them today. And then I see, whoops, the, it's almost over. So we'll have them on now, maybe later. Now I apologize for not having apolo- Well, I sent, I sent them a note and uh, we'll um, we'll do something about Agent 88. To Are they local? Mostly. No, they're not in like LA. Phone we'll interview. do the phone interview. Well, we got to work on that. You know, we really do. I can I, do it. I've got the. I've I got it all set. You've got the technology. Yeah. Thank you, Steve Austin. We have the technology. Or really, is Oscar Goldman. Uh, that, yeah, I mean, we. We, there are a lot of people that would be happy to come on to this podcast, and we sit in undisclosed locations, and it's hard to do that. But, you know, if, if we – We'll do this. We'll we can do, do this. this. We'll get a lot more uh, celebrities in because they would love to talk to us, and they – just like to get Carr on when we're all on the mic. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, Carr would be – hopefully, you know, I'll have, we'll be having conversations about that, and that, that'll happen again. And it won't just happen once a year. It'll happen a little more often than that. I'd like to get Sean Becker back in, you know, yeah. people that I really enjoy just having conversations with. And people who would enjoy my discomfort with the announcement I also got from Universal Studios today that if you uh, go take the studio tour at night during October, Walking Dead. The Walking Dead are what? wandering through the back lot. They're calling it Terror Tram. Is it The Walking Dead or is it just zombies? No, it said The Walking Dead. It said it is awesome. The Walking Dead. So um, When does it start? October. So that bit where you... Where, so where, they call it Holly, Halloween Horror Nights. So if you attend Halloween Horror Nights, which has a La Llorena Maze, they've sent me uh, some little thing about that. And you're blinking with excitement. And yes, it's like, I, am. I wish that October was not my busiest month of teaching because I would love to go down there with you. And at least I would love to... I'm going to say this now. If you can make it down in October, I will move heaven and earth to get you a pass to this. Done deal, pal. I will. I will tell I, if you You'll can get two down passes. there. No, if you can I get. Will need if two you passes. If, yes, two passes. But if you can get down there in early <laughs> early enough that it would do them, you know, it, it would do them good publicity. I will. I will uh, beg, borrow, steal, get you a pass to that. What, so. what is the exact date that it starts? It oh start? heck, I don't know. Let's not resolve this on the air because you have the internet's on your phone. Because then you're going to sue me years <laughs> later. Uh, for I have tape of you saying, oh, Derek. Damn it. Okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I just know that, I just know that I'm ter- terrified of it because, like, the last time I was at Universal Studios was when they invited me for the closing of the Back to the Future ride, and and I had gone through every ride, and the only thing I hadn't done was the haunted uh, the haunted maze, <laughs> and I hate those things. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I still I want to. Oh, because Shrek had broken down, so it's like I wanted to ride Shrek. So I was like, okay, I'll go through the haunted maze. I don't like this. Is that like on foot or is it a sit in a car ride? 
it's on foot. You oh, walk awesome. through, and then there's like a Jason comes out with it. Not Jason. I'm, oh my god, how, a Leatherface with his nice. You know, and then there is a Jason with a butcher knife, and it was just like, I don't like these. I don't like these. I, you know, I know they're not real, and yet my mind is. Wouldn't it be great if there was actually a psycho killer in here? That would be an awesome movie. Oh my god, I'm in that movie now. Help me, help me. And so that's what I, you know, I like about the terror tramp concept. Were you they? You, don't, you just don't like yourself. Were they animatronic? No. What, what about our friendship and all, all the honesty I've shown? What about me has made you think I like me? Uh, so. Were they people dressed up or animatronic? Uh, they were people dressed up. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was scary. Like Gyro's World of Terror style? Exactly. Yes. I, I, I mean, I, I suppose because I've never gone through Gyro's World of Terror. I won't do that. Not that scary. I won't do Because they're just regular people dressed up. No. They're not regular people. That's what they, they want you oh, sorry. To, that's what they want just you people. to think. Until they cast me as one, and then oh, I will mess with people. But uh, you know, no. <laughs> you just scare yourself. To, you won't be able to hang around. That's with his, what I want. We have to get ride. Derek into one of these. He'll be so into character, he'll scare himself and have <laughs> exactly. to leave. Guys, I need a break. I'm scaring the crap I'm, out of myself. I'm sorry. The problem is, um, is there a dry cleaning bill on this costume? <laughs> because I seem to have wet myself. I saw myself in the mirror. And oh my god! All right, so I want to give <laughs> this pitch out uh, once again. Rick has. Fixed, I believe, the coding, correct? Um, uh, I have fixed. So, I know what the problem is. I've got about uh, so, six hours of work ahead of me. But, but, but each new episode will at least make it to the top. All of the, the new episodes are okay. showing up at the top so of the So basically, if you if you enjoy this podcast, one, do write in. Absolutely. Let us know at uh, editor at fanboyplanet.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Any article that, that pops up on our website, which I admit has not been as frequent as we'd like it to be, but we are still we, we focus a lot of our energies weekly on the podcast and not so much on the print stuff. But we still I still have a ton of Ricks and Michals and even some from uh, Stephanie and I think stuff from Justin's going to come too, right? Yep. From Comic Con, so we've got a lot of Comic Con content still planning to come. Maybe stuff Nate, that's still timely too. Yeah. And, and I've got a lot of audio that I'm going through, too. And I still haven't got to. I'm just going to say this again. Madefire. Look for the article on Madefire coming soon because uh, that's going to not uh, hopefully rock your socks the way it, it rocked ours. And uh, anyway, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. So follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. You can find us on iTunes. Tell Google your Plus. friends. if you Google Plus. If you like us. Uh, tell your friends, and you can find us on iTunes. They can find us on Stitcher. And the other thing I say, I know there are a lot of other things going on in the world that are far more deserving of our money, like Agent 88. Uh, but it does cost to do all this stuff in, ho- in hosting and getting production stuff going. So please, please, if you feel the urge to spare, we have a button on the Fanboy Planet website for PayPal donations. And I'd be glad to take that. That goes <laughs> directly to paying for my bill for hosting. So uh, if you like us, please do that. And anyway, uh, so once again, comments, questions, comments, compliments, commentary. I'm just getting re- repetitive because of this nice little snifter here. Uh, no, oh, yeah, I need more. Uh, and uh, <laughs> anyway, until next week, right? We'll, we'll gather again next week, right? Right. Uh, I Indeed. Am, I am Derek McCaw. And to my right? I am Nate Costa. And let's not forget to get all your friends on board with the Fanboy Planet podcast, which will be blowing up within the next year. Yeah, you keep making that promise. I love he it. Says, he keeps using that term, too. It's a little foreshadowing. Okay, it is scaring me a little bit. I don't know what he's got planned, but hey, hey, I don't want to dim your enthusiasm. <laughs> and across from me, our podcast producer, Moral Compass, and sommelier this evening, Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you 
to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.